For us at Mayo Clinic, we have found spending five to 10 minutes each day at a daily care team huddle to be incredibly effective in improving our performance in patient safety, quality, and satisfaction. Welcome to There's a Better Way, a podcast series focused on exploring how operational excellence principles can provide solutions in your personal and professional life. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss problems we face in our world today. This program is brought to you by the Master of Business Operational Excellence. Welcome to There is a Better Way. I'm here with uh, Dr. David Rushlow, the Chief Medical Officer for Mayo Health Systems, Southwest Wisconsin region. Dave is also an MBOE alum. Welcome to the program, Dave. Thank you, Arvind. Glad to be here. Dave, um, our today's topic is the whole idea of daily huddles. But before we get to the today's topic, I really want to like ask you this question about Mayo Health System, because um, our audience would know, again, Mayo is one of the uh, prominent health systems in the United States. But often people think about Mayo being uh, primarily focused at Rochester, Minnesota. And you are in Wisconsin. So and part of Mayo Health System. So tell us more about how Mayo is actually having its outreach across various parts in the United States. Sure, great question, Arvind. I think a lot of people uh, get somewhat confused about the uh, the extent of Mayo Clinic's practice. So in the Midwest, we certainly have the destination practice in Rochester, Minnesota, where patients from really all over the world come to um, to have their more complex medical problems analyzed and and treated. However, Mayo Clinic also has a very large clinical network around uh, around Rochester, Minnesota, that includes 75 hospitals and clinics surrounding Rochester in southern Minnesota, southwestern Wisconsin, and northeastern Iowa. We divide those community-based practices into four regions, and my role is predominantly uh, in the southwest Wisconsin region, which is centered in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay. The reason why I asked you this question, Dave, is because a lot of us think, again, the role of a healthcare system is to actually bring patients to the hospital. But what I realize is that a lot of healthcare systems is actually have patients go to their primary care places, which is where you come from, and only have the more sicker patients go to the health system. Is that correct? Correct. I, you know, I, th- I think a, a good way to think about that, Arvind, is think about uh, the pyramid of, of care, where at the base of the pyramid, you have the community practice that sees probably 90% of the problems uh, and the care required of, of, of the majority of the patients in our communities. And they don't need uh, to be transitioned to more complex care at a destination practice. In fact, we know that when they are seen in, in the community-based practice and have their care coordinated, they get a higher quality care at a lower cost. So Mayo Clinic is very interested in maintaining that very um, important relationship between a community-based practice and a destination practice. Um, we are working hard to bring the, the innovative uh, um, uh, research and education uh, through Mayo Clinic to the community practice so that patients were were able to keep patients out of more complex medical situations and take care of them earlier uh, in their course. Okay. And as a researcher studying this, 
uh, problem myself, Dave. I, I come across this as a constant challenge for a lot of organizations and a lot of health systems is how do I improve community practice? And that's where you come in. So tell us more about, I know you are a, an MBOE alumni and you went back and you did a lot of wonderful things in your health system. So tell us about some of the uh, uh, usual com- pra- challenges that the community practice have and how you're applying uh, the MBOE thinking to actually uh, manage those challenges. I'll first start with the fact that I'm also a family physician who's seeing patients uh, and has a a panel of patients that I've actually seen for for many, many years. And maybe the best way to outline how the MBOE has helped me is in the old paradigm, a doctor goes to medical school uh, and then residency and then starts their practice. And pretty much all the expectations of the care of the patient centered around the physician and maybe the nurse and maybe a receptionist, but it really is sort of a singular practice uh, around a physician. Where we have found uh, the greatest benefit in, in, in uh, improving quality and lowering cost is when we think about the care team as being the predominant unit to care for our patients and using everybody at the highest level of their licensure. So we're moving away from the physician-centered uh, approach to caring for patients to more of a team-based uh, approach. and. All the elements of, 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 of uh, a lean management system very much apply to the, a, a medical team as it does in industry or in, in other uh, service organizations. Um, we have many of the same problems with waste and inefficiencies um, that lead to uh, concerns with our quality, safety, patient satisfaction. Um, and I found my uh, experience and training through the MBOE program incredibly helpful uh, in uh, reducing that waste to help bring higher value at a lower cost. Okay, so this is very useful, Dave, because I'm going to go back to our conversation today is the whole idea of hurdles. So you mentioned this um, move in the healthcare system, moving away from the provider-centric or the physician-centric model towards more team-based model. And that's where having huddles help a lot. So tell us more about like, how do you use huddles in your health system? And tell us more about what are some benefits as well as challenges that you have seen when you practice huddles. Well, as I mentioned earlier, if we're going to focus on the team as the, as the center of the, of, of the care di- uh, dynamic with our patients, the team needs to be functioning at its highest level of efficiency with everybody um, aligned uh, around the needs of the patient. Um, and to do that, there it's really process related. So we need to align our processes with everybody doing the, the their part in, in that process to bring um, the greatest efficiencies. And huddles allow us to... Um, First, uh, focus on the priorities that we need to be uh, that we need to be focusing on, uh, working through problems that are uh, meeting us on a daily basis, uh, and assuring accountability that those problems are being solved in a systematic PDSA-style problem solving. Um, without getting together and meeting every day, we we lose track of priorities. We we. Uh, don't follow through on uh, improving process, and we end up doing tons of work around creating waste uh, and are less efficient. So the daily huddle really helps us um, kind of on, on, on an 
an everyday basis uh, realign our thinking to meet the needs of our patients um, in a in a in a more uh, efficient and timely manner. Okay, because our listeners uh, might come from different fields too, David, like where there might be some people working in uh, services, as you mentioned, industry, uh, manufacturing industries, and healthcare. And as you mentioned, uh, the power of daily hurdles can be equally applied in all these settings. But often people might wonder this, okay, and if I'm meeting on a, on a daily basis and I'm bringing out problems, I'm still bringing out the same problems. So tell us more about how do you structure it in a way that they don't think that every day I'm coming to this meeting and complaining and not doing anything more, right? So is there something that you can do in terms of structuring hurdles differently in a way that their voices are heard all the time? Well, I, I think that definitely is a, a problem that, that we run into when you have so many care teams uh, and so many different uh, people kind of interfacing with this, those issues do come up. I think it's important that the daily huddle has a, uh, a series of uh, important elements that leads to, first of all, meeting the, the problems that the team is faced with that day, uh, but also following up and assuring that the problems that have been surfaced uh, in the past are, are being worked through and, um, and tracking that, that, that they are actually improving and that we have uh, sustainment plans in place so that they maintain that improvement. The other important element in huddles is that we need to make sure we're dealing with problems that are basically pebbles in the shoe of that care team. Um, they need to know that the things that are affecting their day are actually being heard and uh, are being addressed. So it's a kind of a delicate balance between assuring that the organization's strategy is being um, addressed and improved, but also that we're uh, solving problems that might be unique to that individual care team. Uh, and in doing that, we're able to keep uh, our team members engaged uh, and uh, continually working, uh, solving problems, uh, sustaining those uh, solutions, and then moving on to the next problems. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you, Dave, is that one, one good thing to do in a daily huddle is maybe split, it, split the time in the huddle to say, okay, spend about X minutes and bringing out some of the daily problems. Spend about another couple of minutes talking about, okay, what you did yesterday in terms of solving the problem. So that way there is a very clear connection and they don't see this as an exercise where only you just surface problems. Is that correct, Dave? Correct. And we do have a cadence to our uh, care team huddles that follows that course. Um, you know, we, we first we pretty much look at the scheduling, uh, the status and flow of patients to the clinic of that day so that we're meeting patient demand uh, and, and prioritizing accordingly. Then we might go to a, a, a tracking board where problems that have been surfaced are being uh, tracked to assure that we're prioritizing problems in the appropriate way. Um, we look at our, our, our visual management, which includes a, a performance board and, and a scorecard uh, that is giving us a picture of our, um, our performance over time to assure that we're moving in the right direction. Uh, and then another important element is reward and recognition so that when problems are solved, when people are um, uh, working together in, in process improvement, that we recognize that. And I think that might be an important element that we um, that we don't always follow through on, but I think that, is, that it has shown to be very uh, effective. 
Okay, so that's very useful, Dave, splitting your time into three components of surfacing out problems, trying to like understand them and solve them. And more importantly, the last thing is to celebrate and recognize some of the things that is going on. So dividing that into three parts could be useful. I want to go back to another question on daily hurdles. Uh, actually, two questions on this. So my first question is, oftentimes when people start doing these hurdles, uh, they get burnt out with time. They say it's too long. Is there any an optimal number that you think that is good? And if so, what is that? And my second question is, uh, oftentimes, again, when you do these hurdles, uh, they are mostly like uh, at, at the front level, at the front line. Mm -hmm. uh, should we think about hurdles across multiple levels and how is that happening at Mayo? Yeah, um, good question, Arvind. I think what I'll start with is um, maybe our uh, the front line um, uh, work unit in our organization. So we break up our care teams into, into multiple work units throughout the organization, both primary care, specialty care, uh, outpatient practices, and inpatient practices. Um, and and at that frontline care team, we're having daily huddles. The problem, the really, uh, because you know we have a new schedule that turns over each day, and we have new patient demands that that are presented every day. And it's vitally important that we're meeting those patient expectations, particularly through the schedule. Um, that's our pri the primary component of the daily huddle at the frontline unit. Um, and, and in those huddles, in that five to 10 minute period, we're also making sure that we're scanning uh, our PDSAs that we're working on to assure that they're moving forward and that we're, you know, we have visual management that we refer to and that we're, again, uh, spending a minute or two, even sometimes just 30 seconds on reward and recognition. But as our leadership structure then moves up, uh, our cascades upward, we do, um, we, we do actually reduce the frequency. So at a tier two or a tier three level, we may be huddling every week um, to assure that the same things are occurring, that the, the status and flow is working throughout multiple work units, that they're working together, uh, their scorecards are being tracked and PDSAs are being tracked. But as we move up in the uh, leadership structure, our frequency of the huddles can decrease. Okay, so what I'm hearing again is a, a good number to think about daily hurdles is about 15 minutes then, if you think about it, and and uh, and then make sure that again, you're doing it more frequently at the front line, but then there is also some cadence at the other levels, but they're also meeting to discuss some of these issues. Yeah, you know, actually, Arvind, 15 minutes is probably too long. You know, okay. we found that, and you have to be very specific, you know, somewhere between five and 10 minutes is probably more important because, um, it's, it's important to demonstrate to the care team that we're not going to pull too much of their time away from the, the demands of the day, but that, but that we are going to do this. And it seems like the five to 10 minute period has been um, uh, the, the, the best time frame that we found to be useful. Okay. So I'm going to ask, you know, the challenges, because one of the common challenges that I've heard from people trying to implement daily management systems is buy-in especially in an environment that you have, Dave, to think about it, the team comprises of physicians, nurses, receptionists, you know, and a diversity of staff there. Mm -hmm. How do you create buy-in, especially if a physician is saying, hey, you know what, I'm busy right now. I have other things to do. How do you really create buy-in to make sure that they're a part of the daily management system? 
Yeah, there's multiple um, answers to that question, Arvind, but I think the, the first and foremost is this needs to be at a, uh, considered a priority all the way up through senior leadership. Um, because uh, if, 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 particularly for our physician practice, if they're not hearing about the importance of this system to help improve overall the quality of care that we provide to our patients, the buy-in is not going to be as good. You, you know, you know, in change management, change management, you always have the few that are very that embrace change and will take a hold of this new model, and and run with it. But um, there's not enough of them, and so in order to gain buy-in across the organization, it has to be, it has to be accepted, and uh, this executive leadership team have to be strong advocates, and doing it themselves. Um, I think the other key components to assuring uh, buy-in is making sure, again, that we're working on problems that are uh, uh, highly perceived as issues within the front line. And sometimes, there, you know, if you would go to one care team huddle and another care team huddle, they may be working on entirely different problems, but those, are pro those problems are important to them. And you need to pay attention to that. In fact, you could say that there should always be one or two PDSAs that are focused on issues raised from the front line in that specific work unit. And maybe the third thing in this is an appropriate prioritization uh, that, we're, that we're working on the right problems that are both coming from the bottom up and the top down to drive the overall strategy for the organization. Um, and well, I'll add a fourth. I think that reward and recognition piece is too often neglected. And <clears throat> lately, I've noticed that when you do spend time on that, um, it, it does have an impact. Um, and, and, you know, the, you can reward one care team for the, for the great work that they're doing and, and make sure that the entire uh, organization is aware. And then you'll find other care teams saying, hey, we want to we want to do that well. How did you do that? And and that that cascading of of communication has been has it can be very effective. Okay. So if our listeners are wondering again uh, that they have some really uh, skeptical person in their team that um, have not bought into these hurdles, what what will you tell them, Dave? What how do you tell them? Like, okay, here is how you should approach it in a way that you can buy them in. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the things that we just described are important. The huddles have to be occurring daily. The cadence has to be within that five to 10 minute time frame. Um, it has to be, uh, we, we found that unless they're standardized, um, uh, they're not as effective. So you want to make sure that the standard elements are being included. And you have the leadership uh, that, that's engaging all the multiple disciplines related to that care team that they're engaged. Um, and when all of those elements are in place, 90% of the engagement, I think, is taken care of. But of course, you'll have a, those few uh, individuals that are still maybe locked into the old paradigm of the physician-centric uh, uh, care model. And that's when leadership has to step in and, and have a discussion with those folks. And in my experience, um, if the other elements are in place and the priorities are well stated by leadership, those conversations are pretty infrequent. Um, and, you know, and I've had a few of those. Um, and I can give examples of, of some pretty remarkable successes when you've, when you've taken the time to make sure that the, the entire team is engaged, particularly the physician group, and then you start seeing improvements. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer that it, it is definitely the system that 
that, that leads to important changes. Okay. And, and one more question along those lines is, and when you institute these hurdles, Dave, one thing that I've noticed is that um, uh, it's often, especially in a, in a healthcare system, um, in a primary care system that you mentioned, it's often the, uh, the physicians leading those hurdles. And I've even seen uh, in some cases, they're so much into that, like you mentioned, they're passionate about that. They even have a mm-hmm. bell that rings for the huddle and so on and so forth. How do you now like uh, make sure that the responsibility is is actually evenly divided? Because oftentimes that might create uh, the, the uh, idea of, okay, if the person is not there, then the huddle stops. How do you avoid that in a way that everybody is part of a huddle? Do you rotate leadership of those huddles in a way others are equally participating in them? Well, I think the the important part, particularly with a frontline care team where physicians are involved, is make sure the physician group is engaged and, and are strong advocates for the process and the passion to improve. And if they're they're present, both physically and mentally, uh, and and they are demonstrating um, engagement and excitement around this, that's ninety nine percent of what you need from the physician practice. The, um, you know, there certainly is an administrative part to the huddle where uh, somebody is leading the huddle, the, the data is updated, the, the PDSAs are, are, are being appropriately documented, the visual management is, is um, prioritized and again updated. I think, you know, that's probably not best left to the physician, although we have some examples where they're very involved in that. I think if the administrative end of the of the housekeeping of the huddle is taken care of, uh, the leadership of the actual huddle can can really rotate. Um, and uh, the most my my biggest uh, priority is making sure that the physician practice is attend is attending and engaged. Okay, so I'm making sure that they're all bought in, and making sure that they are there for the huddle every day is very important for the cadence there. Exactly. Okay. And, and for our listeners out there, Dave, is there a better way to think about daily management system other than having daily huddles? Well, I'm certainly open to suggestions. We've spent so much time on, on uh, putting this into practice, and I've visited other healthcare systems and looked at the daily huddle as a, as a key tool. Um, I, I think that it, it really is sort of the, a foundational piece to making sure that the you know, the, the, the improvements are continuing. Um, I, I do maybe could mention the importance of connecting the work at the daily huddle to the overall strategic deployment of the organization. So when I go to a daily huddle, I'm looking again at making sure that they're, they're working on those um, areas that are important to them, but I'm also looking on their visual management for, you know, important strategic KPIs that we're, we're, that we need to move as an entire organization. And when those two things are to, working together uh, and you can see improvements on the scorecard, um, that's my definition of success. Okay. And, and going back to the Mayo Health System, have you seen that this actually has improved the access challenge at Mayo in a way that uh, most of their community practices and family medicine actually takes care of the patients in a way that uh, the central facility at Rochester is actually only serving the very critically ill people? Absolutely. Um, I think access is a great example, Arvind, where where the huddle has been 
particularly helpful. So let me use an example of uh, hospital readmissions. So um, a hospital readmission is is a very unfortunate situation for patients. You know, they've just gone through a, a very uh, traumatic time in their lives. They're finally discharged and they get to go home. And then they come back, come back in in a very short period of time. That is an event that we need to do everything we can to avoid. So in, in, in using the daily huddle as an example, um, that care team will be uh, aware of patients in their, on their panels that have been recently discharged from the hospital. And in the huddle, they can talk about connecting with that patient, maybe getting that patient in for an appointment in an already packed schedule so that the needs of that patient are met, you know, and, and all of the complexities of their problem um, that were moving in the right direction during the hospitalization continue so in the outpatient setting. And, um, and we've done a lot of work in our readmission improvement utilizing uh, access availability uh, and uh, connecting the hospital practice to the outpatient practice. And the huddle has been really important in, in making sure the care team is aware of these patients. Okay, so um, as a closing line, what I'm hearing from you, Dave, is um, even beyond the healthcare system, having those huddles to be very short and sweet, you mentioned five to 10 minutes, making sure that, again, everybody on board is involved in those practices and creating a cadence and creating a management system around it is very critical for the success of uh, these hurdles and not only improving the organization, but also like improving how um, the system performs. Yes. Okay. I, I really want to take thank you for your time, Dave. Again, this has been a pleasure talking to you about how you're doing all wonderful things at Mayo Health System. So thank you so much for your time, Dave. You bet. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of There's a Better Way. To listen to our other episodes and for more information on the Master of Business and Operational Excellence, please visit go.osu.edu backslash M-B-O-E.